Hey, my name is Lo, or at least Lo is what they call me. I'll be your guide through this tale. Now I listen to the stars and I tell you what they say, but sometimes it's not so easy to hear them. If you're looking to hear us all a little more clearly, then go ahead and skip to our 10th meeting. That would be book two, chapter five. If you want to catch up on what you've missed, then you can listen to our Star Watching Recap episodes or check out our description for our recap notes. And should you be so inclined, you can find a link to our Discord server where you can talk to these boys and other TTRPG enthusiasts and find some maps and art of this world. It ain't easy sitting here, listening, talking. Sometimes I wonder if anyone can hear me or if it's just the night sky. But I hope I've found someone. I hope I found you. So, we begin on a train. You've found yourself in the cargo car and the caboose of a train going from Donning through Enosh to somewhere. You don't have much gold to your name, but you do have some fancy new magical items from Mela and her father from when you rescued her back in Enosh. And after a slightly stressful experience finding your way onto the train when you realize that Henry's magic papers are not quite as um, all-encompassing as you hoped, <laughs> as far as entry goes. Your ride has mostly been peaceful. Um, Ox stepped outside onto the ledge outside the caboose to smoke a cigar and made a new friend in Lo, the person <laughs> who sits on top of the train. Lo seems to have some tabaxi blood in them. Uh, you see the little cat ears and a tail. They've been spending their time looking up at the sky, smoking one of Ox's cigars, and not saying very much. I believe Virgil and Henry are still uh, in the caboose of the train. Virgil eating some apple preserves, and Henry stewing in bitterness after being charmed to get into this cargo car by Kian. Kian and Ox. You have settled on top of the train. Ox and Lo work on um, adding fringe to, I think, Ox's jacket. When Lo suddenly stands up and looks up at the sky and you see a shooting star across the heavens. Lo puts a hand on the rope that hangs around his belt. It's a, a thin, um, sort of silvery white woven, very long rope. He looks down at you and says, got some wrangling to do. With that, he points up. You see his hand trace the path of the star across the sky and land up ahead of you. The train is actually running along a uh, riverside. His gaze follows the river. He grins and runs and leaps over the gap between the train cars. You see him pull out more and more of the rope and start spinning it above him. As he does so, it sort of flies behind him. Pretty quickly, he disappears from view. 
Ox, uh, Ox kind of just looks at Kian and then, like, <laughs> looks back forward and then back at Kian. Should we wait here? I mean, I feel like he'll be back. I guess. You see the rope whip by you, um, off, off of the train, um, to the side and land with a small splash in the, in the river that is maybe 80 feet away from you and it retracts very quickly. Uh, you don't see much at the end of it. It looks like maybe it didn't really close around anything. And it just shoots past you back to the front of the train. I think we've got good enough of a view from here. A swatch. Ox just nods as he looks for any more signs of the rope. It looks like it was pulled back to the front of the train, uh, where you saw Lowe sort of run off. You wait there for a couple minutes. You don't see anything else. Low reappears, he's running back to uh, leap over the gap again. Uh, but once he lands, he just sort of walks slowly over to you, sits down. After he sits, Ox uh, still hasn't resumed with his previous task. You catch anything? He opens up his hand and shows you. Looks like he's holding the river rock, maybe basalt. It's pretty smooth, I've tumbled over the years, and he's staring down at it, and you can see tears in his eyes. And he closes his hand, puts it in his pocket. What is that exactly? He sighs, looks up at you, like wipes a tear away from his face. Stars are falling. Can't get them in time. Do you get on? Do you get them in time sometimes? He takes the little pouch that's at its side next to the rope, opens it, takes out some more rocks. They look similar. Not all necessarily the same. There's some variety in color. Some of them are redder. Some of them have bands across them, but they all look like what you could find on a riverbank. You noticed these rocks before, Ox. He was sort of stacking them on top of the train. Never get there on time. Maybe next time. Nods. Puts them back. Ox kind of reaches out as he's like placing like the last ones in the bag to kind of look at it. Hey, hand it to you. Just looks normal. He turns it over and in his hand. He hands it back. I got a small collection of rocks and stones that I found over the years, but I don't think any of that have ever been stars before. Rock and ice too. Ox pulls out the black rock from his right pocket. He kind of turns it over in his hand a few times, pulled it out to show it to Love. Mo looks at it, see their tails sort of twitch. They don't seem to have a particular interest in it. They just sort of look at it curiously. Turns it over in his hand again twice and then puts it back in his pocket. Has it been happening more often recently? They look up at the sky and just point. You can't necessarily tell where. It's hard to understand <laughs> where people are looking when they point at the sky, but Lo doesn't seem to realize this. They're changing. See? 
Keen looks up at the sky. Ox also looks up. Yeah. You see a starry sky. It's a clear night. Don't really see anything different, to be honest. Can I roll a perception check? On the sky? Yeah. Yeah. To see if Ox oh, notices. To perceive the sky. Yeah, Ox <laughs> wants to perceive the sky, and if anything, like, it, he's looked at the sky a fucking lot. <laughs> hmm. Apparently not. Hmm. also going to look, I doubt. But yeah, <laughs> that's like a ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also, that's like a nine, so. It's a very clear night. You're far away from any towns. If anything, you see more stars than you're used to. At least since you've been, you know, living in Enosh, living in towns. I think Kian's laying down kind of on the train. He's like looking at the stars at this point. Contemplative. Yeah. Uh, you feel a uh, light weight placed in your hand. There's a little dark rock sitting in the palm of your hand. Is this one of the stars? Yeah. He looks at it. Just a dark rock? Looks like a rock. Yeah. Why are why'd you hand it to me? You're watching. Let me know if I see anything else. Hey now. Just closes his hand around the star. Donk. <laughs> Ox kinda leans back a little on uh, his right hand and takes out the rest of his cigar. Yeah, Lowe's pretty silent after that. They start stacking the rocks again. If y'all don't say anything else, it's just quiet for a while. Yeah. Ox watches and offers the cigar. Lowe takes it, pulls down their mask, which is, I don't think I specified, it's like a cloth mask, just a dark, plain one. Starts to smoke. Ox watches their face. As they start to do this, what what does it look like without the mask then? <laughs> I mean, low, sort of a, there's a bit of five o'clock shadow. Their hair's a bit scraggly too. He has like a wide, flat nose. Looks, it's hard to say how old, maybe 30s? But you can't quite place it. They look a little tired as they um, accept the cigar from you. As they're smoking the cigar, Ox's right ear twitches a little again. He says, You got a nice face. Why keep it covered? Lo's eyes narrow as he looks back at you. Left ear twitches. (laughs) Don't know. Ox just nods. There's a long pause. Thank you. You meet a lot of people out here? No. Most stay inside. Don't look up. Guess it's been a while since I spent any time looking up on a train. Used to do it more when I was younger, but not so much recently. Looks at you and and over at Keenan. Thanks for joining. Of course. It's a nice night outside. It's another long silence. And they speak up again. Think low short? Not that short. Your eyes narrow. We've seen them do this a few times now. Locomotive? 
Makes sense. They point up to the sky. High. Point down. Low. More than one meaning then? Shrug. Lonely? You feel lonely? No. Can't mean that then. You know, start stacking rocks again. You've noticed they just sort of take them out, put them back in. Ox, uh, continues smoking his cigar. You too. Your friends stay up there for a pretty long time. <laughs> With this mysterious stranger. What are you doing? Are you just brooding in a corner? <laughs> pretty much. In the box fort or outside the box fort? No, the inside the box mm. fort. I'm just gonna give you another like five minutes. I'll just leave Henry to that for a minute. Um, I'm just gonna take another look at the jam jars. Mm. What did the label say again? Uh, the front of them just have the like the brand or the company name, Nico mm-hmm. Family Farms. Yeah. And then small letters, fruit preserves, and then whatever fruit it is. So in this case, apple. If I turn it around, does it have like an about or anything? It does. Um, on the back, um, it's sort of the standard. It has the the ingredients. Mm. Um, it has, you know, marketing blurb that's like these are the finest apples you'll find in Octarius. It has an address for orders. And if I go and find one of the boxes that they came in, does it say like where it was coming from and where it was going? Is it just like donning to somewhere? The farm's location. Uh, is up in the Phoenix Island. Mm. Uh, on the label, you see two mountains with a river coming through them. The river sort of disperses on the label into forget-me-nots around mm. the name of the farm. And as someone who lived there for your whole life, you think you might recognize this place. Mm. It's called Good Glen Valley. It's west of donning. And is that a different address than the like one for placing orders? Yes, the one for placing orders uh, is to a location in donning. Oh, okay. Well, I have notes to take, so give me a moment. <laughs> the implication is orders. I mean, this is pretty typical for really large islands, like the Phoenix's Island. Orders probably are sent from donning, like processed there. Cool. Opens up his journal and does like a quick sketch of the label, looks up over the paper at Henry across the way. What's your vibe? <laughs> he seems a little bit less broody than before, has switched over to pulled out a brush from his bag uh-huh. and brushes Delilah. Ah, okay, I was wondering if it was yeah. for you or for Delilah. <laughs> no, it's for Delilah. Okay. I also thought it was for you. <laughs> Henry's is a cop. I'm sorry, you know, for the method in which we arrived on this train. I don't think it was anyone's first option, but here we are. It's already happened, I suppose. So, we'll just carry on then. It is a shame, though, I do remember the food services being quite remarkable on these trains. Especially in first class. It's much better than jam without bread. It's not bad jam. No, but it could be improved by some bread. Maybe with fish on the side, paired with cheese. 
A nice yeah. wine? Sure, a nice wine if you want. It's a little late for that, but I mean, if you want to drink into the night, that's your choice. It's just not how I'm used to traveling on trains. It is not who I am either. Still can't terribly say I believe Kian's associate. And things are as bad as they're making it all out to be. Are you not afraid of being caught by your Maggie? Or are you not so certain that she would be able to throw you off the train? Well, I mean, last I checked, she's an engineer. And I wasn't planning to spend the night in the locomotive. So I didn't think it would be that much of a problem. But apparently we're operating on peak paranoia. To be fair, you did sort of flash her identification papers in the station proper, so it's not unreasonable to say that news got around. But what, were we supposed to pay for train tickets with one of your identifications? No, I'd rather not. I don't think we have the coin for that. I know we don't. You think your parents will be able to sort this out? Yes, of course, I think so. It's not a good look, alright. For me to go and running back to my parents, you know, after everything. Right. Why exactly did you run out? I understand that's a personal question, you don't have to answer it. I still go back to visit my family from time to time. Sort of depends on my schedule, especially because it's quite the trip between somewhere and dawning and... Well, you know, I have to block time for that and then I'm not at the shop and... Delilah doesn't like being on the train for that long, but I wasn't kicked out of the house or anything. I didn't run away from them like Mela did. You know, I just needed a time for myself. I didn't really want it to officially go into the whole railroad business. It's a little too predictable for my tastes, so I went down to somewhere for a change of pace. We still keep in touch. I'm not estranged from them by any means. And did your fighting skills come before or after your departure? The bow and arrows? I learned that in somewhere. And everything else? Dawning. <laughs> so it was just to find yourself? Your own path? That's the basics of it, the important part. You left Dawning too, didn't you? You understand. It's a big city with a big deity protecting it. Not a fan of living under regulations? Depends entirely on the regulations. But they do make it rather difficult to go in the ocean. And I've been curious about it. I mean, most people are curious. But it's a lot easier for me in some way to, you know, go out amongst the ocean and not make my family look bad. Because I do have to consider my image more whenever I'm actually around them and in Dawning. Everywhere else it's not nearly so political. You are not known by face alone so much? Elsewhere? No, not at all. Can I roll an insight check? Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> That's another six plus something. That seems legit. You don't know. <laughs> Hard to read. This one's a crafty one. <laughs> if you don't mind my asking, what about did you come by Delilah? Delilah? Well, that's an easy question to answer. I found her in the desert. I mean, where else would you find a coyote? I'm not certain you are of wealthy blood. I'm not sure what sort of pets rich boys these days get up to. 
I honestly don't know either. Neither of my parents were particularly big on pets. You know, especially when we had to take long trips on the railroad, it was just so much of a hassle to have to have somebody look after them and make sure it's all proper. And then you get back and you're not even their favorite person anymore because you haven't been feeding them for five weeks. But Delilah is different. Delilah and I are... We understand each other magically. So, you know, we have a different connection. And, of course, she can come with me pretty much anywhere and be well-behaved. She's not a familiar, don't get mistaken on that. But she's a little bit more than a pet. Like a companion? Yes, an animal companion, exactly. Emotional support animal. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to understand, an animal companion is not that uncommon, where I learned the bow and arrow things. You see, I spent, goodness, how long was it now? A year? Two years? Something along those lines. When I first came to somewhere, I ended up spending time with a group of rangers. They're the ones who taught me all about tracking and hunting and how to cook without a kitchen, things of that nature. I quite like Delilah. She understands the nature of scavenging, much like myself. And your expertise with fake creatures? Did they teach you that as well? No, that's a 50-50. I knew a lot coming in from my own reading, but they taught me everything in the field, rather than just the technicalities of things that you read about in books from scientific studies. I understand. It was sort of 50-50 for me as well. You studied Fae then? Yes, it was part of our, our training as Don Shepherds early on. It was the first two years where there was a lot of physical training, but also the studying aspect as well understand the creatures we were to face. Is it just limited to fey, or do you have specialties in other sorts of beasts? Well, in this world, fey is like anything, like any creature in the oceans, right? Fey is basically any creature that's above a mortal, but mm -hmm. like below a god. Right. Well, different subsets. There are fiends, more demonic sorts, but... We weren't trained to fight gods, certainly. That was not our purpose. Would be a rather suicidal purpose, if you ask me. I'm not foolish enough even to fight a god. I'm glad to hear it. But, uh, you left all of that behind, didn't you? Well, physically, yes, but the knowledge never leaves. Not really. Of course, of course not. Once you learn how to shoot, you know, bow and arrow, you're not going to forget that. But you still have to keep the skills sharp and in use. So you've been practicing in your free time? Well, every day I try to train and... I go on odd jobs often, you are not the first to hire me, so I have been in the oceans on several occasions. Yes. Any noteworthy and exciting jobs you can tell me about? Mostly just fetch quests. Someone dropped something in the ocean as they were running from a monster. It's not safe to go out, can you please go find it? Family heirlooms and things. Nothing truly exciting. I'm sure your history and expertise will come in very handy. I mean, you've proven yourself to be a very capable man so far. We will have to discuss the whole payment aspect. We could work something out that is not necessarily a payment in coin. Would you be interested in a sort of trade? You have. Obviously, several important connections in Donning. 
I am always interested in a trade deal. If I do this thing for you and Ox, find his wayward sister, help you deal with your curse, what do you think the chances are of you getting us into Phoenix Island undetected? Phoenix Island undetected? Well, the undetected part makes it a little difficult, but... At least by officials. Ah, by officials. I am not so worried about the Guardian itself. Well, if the problem isn't with the Guardian, then I can quite easily have you scrubbed from any sort of official records. Why do you need to get into dawning undetected? We can discuss that later. Let us say there are certain people I would like to remain hidden from. That's entirely understandable. A pigeon lands between the two of you and goes... Hello, Marigold. <laughs> Is this a summons, or are we to follow you? <laughs> I just pulled out the jam jar <laughs> to her little face. Marigold walks up to the jam jar, checks it out, taps on the, the glass. Do familiars need to eat? Do you know this? I and think they can. <laughs> Not sure how much birds like jam. Maybe it's a sign that the other two have fallen asleep atop the train. That would not be so wise. Um, I go, <laughs> I go to the caboose door okay. and jump up and peek. Like, like grab the edge and peek over. Mm -hmm. Low is where we left them. Just they're stacking rocks. Mm. They've given one to each of you, very carefully. Like it's a very precious item. So they only have five rocks now. You're still there? was like laying yeah. down. He sits up. Yeah, Ox had started on a second cigar. And he's a, a good chunk of the way through. Just like waves away a bit of the smoke. <laughs> uh, you're, did you send your bird to us? She seems like she had something to say. But I do not understand Pigeon. I mean, that's probably a good time to get back. Bed. It is getting rather late, yes. Do do you need a place inside the train or are you, are you good up top here? You seem like you're fine. Are you speaking from like the edge of the caboose? Have you approached or are you looking Like arms top? up over the top of the train car. You get no sort of recognition from Low. Right, well your friend is welcome, I suppose. If they want. Oxa looks at low, they're still stacking. Yeah. He takes another puff from the cigar and then kind of passes it to low to accept. Yeah, they don't look up. You just see their like ear twitch a bit and then reach up with one hand and take it. As Ox passes the cigar, he says, If you want to stay below, you could stay with us. They finally look up. Their gaze goes from you over to Virgil. He waves. He waves back. <laughs> no. Ox starts to get up and dusts himself off a little bit. Shakes off any of the ash that got on his clothes. <laughs> well, uh, if you change your mind, we'll be down there. Even if you just want to visit for a bit. He looks up to you. The mask is down after... Putting the cigar hand over. He smiles. Nods. 
you see his gaze, the focus change from you to the sky behind you. Ox looks behind himself up at the sky. There's some stars up there. <laughs> yeah. That he will climb down and go inside. Yeah, Kian follows. Once everyone else comes back down into the train, Henry has already prepared himself like he's going to go to bed. <laughs> Did you two have fun on top of the train? It's a nice night out there. Not too windy? Nah. Please do not fall off the train while we are traveling. I, we do need both of you. <laughs> Try my best. Oxy, you haven't fallen off of a train before, right? <laughs> Not to the point where I couldn't get back on. Well, then I'm sure you'll be fine. You've been on a lot of trains. More more than a few. Like, a lot of people don't really get a chance to go on trains. Why were you on them? Well, uh... It's not really that I paid for the trains or anything. I used to hop a train from nowhere to somewhere. Is that where you're from? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm from a small town on the outskirts of nowhere. Luxalis, if you don't mind my asking, I wanted to inquire a little bit about our potential reception in somewhere. It is only that you have mentioned you have spent some time in the prison system, and I'm not judging you for that, but I only want to know if we are perhaps expecting some sort of Action by the law, if you are seen in our number. Shouldn't be an issue. I paid my bail to get out. How much did that come to? Things are expensive in somewhere, aren't they? Well, uh, the thing about the prison in somewhere, it's called Paradise. It's where they make the tequila of the same name. You, uh, you can pay in... What little you make at the prison takes a long time. And you pay in years. Of service and making tequila? Yeah. And how many years was your crime worth? Well, uh, I had a little help paying in, in gold to get out. You can typically bribe the guards, and it sure as hell helps. You just have to find the right guards, so that'll bleed you dry. Literally? You don't usually have to worry about that. They're sometimes a little lazy over there. But, uh, I spent the better part of three, three and a half years. Most people who get locked up don't come out. You have connections in somewhere? Or make friends with a guard? Not a guard, I mean, I know a few, but one of the prisoners, he, uh, he runs a tattoo business out of the prison. Makes good money doing it. He's real talented. Is that where you got your art? Yeah, a few pieces. Hmm. You notice Ox reaches into his left pocket and pulls out this rock. It's a small desert rose, a light colored rock with like some sort of light brown speckling and then silver speckling kind of where it's broken on the inside. As as this talk is happening, Kian pauses, like making his bed, like sits on it, 
He's kind of gripping his hand a little bit tightly. He kind of sits and straightens up. I might have heard some news quite recently about someone I knew who perhaps wrongly got themselves into a bit of trouble. Do you know anything about how long people usually stay in the jails before they head to the prisons? A while. Uh, when I was in jail, it took four or five months before I got put in paradise. Sometimes it takes longer. Depends on how well your paperwork's filled out, really. Is it easier to get somebody out of jail? Be easier than out of paradise. Uh, probably cheaper. To figure something out, then look into it when I get there. Well, keep us notified on the situation and we'll see how we can help. We'll do that. Would you mind too terribly giving us the name of this person who's in jail? Just in case we hear anything in passing. Lachlan? Well, that's not a name I'm familiar with, so it is a good thing you've told me, otherwise I would have just discarded the information. Do you know what sort of crime they have committed or been framed for? You said arrested wrongfully? I think there was a bit of a mix-up. Honestly, I'm not quite sure. Did your patron know anything? <laughs> Kin kind of has a slight smile on his face, but shakes his head. I'm gonna ask them more. I don't know how much they can figure out. They're not really all-powerful in getting on this plane. It's a bit easier if they have a connection to me while I'm here. So if we were to get you to somewhere, they might be able to peek in at Lachlan? Perhaps. Did they go that far from you? I mean, it really depends. I never really had much of a reason for them to be on this plane as much. Besides occasional meetings with folks if they would like to. Find it easier to just talk in dreams. I haven't really tested it much outside of that. Then we'll put it on our agenda for when we get to somewhere. Do some searching on my own as well. Assuming there are a lot of jails in somewhere. There's a small holding facilities before they cart you off to District 7. Well, if that's all we've got for tonight, then I think I'm going to turn in. It's not too terribly late, but late enough. Just. For all of you, your information, if you plan to leave the train car through, not the back, but the front, during the night at any time, please wake me first. I set up a small alarm-type trap so that if anyone comes walking through the door, I'll know about it. But I'd rather not be woken up in a start by one of you. Can do that. Really, I think it would be best if I take care of these sorts of things. If anyone starts coming along, grab me first, before you start talking. Say something of regret, you know. Alright, we'll let you handle it. I'm just gonna kind of adjust some boxes to try and hide <laughs> our little fort in the corner. <laughs> so like, yeah. if someone is like facing the front of, like, is standing at the front of the door and like looking into the car, I want us to be kind of tucked away. <laughs> so I'm gonna build a fort around our fort. Excellent. Okay. You build a fort fort. Nice. <laughs> We're so secure. Yeah. We're so secure, you guys. Before we go to bed, 
And then Kian's gonna just like tap Virgil on the shoulder. Yes? I'm not sure if the animal cargo has windows, but I could send Marigold up and see if the goats got on the train. I would greatly appreciate that. Please. Opens the door the back door for her. What's pigeon flying power like? Can I have her hop? Yeah. Do you put her on the roof? Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about the speed. You put <laughs> her on the roof. Yeah. You put her on the roof. <laughs> she lives happily ever after. She immediately, like, I, I dismiss her. And, oh. Well, okay, as you dismiss her, you see, like, a rope fly oh. over the train, close on, on air, and then get pulled yeah. back. Kane's gonna walk up on the top of the train. Mm-hmm. And look to where the next train car starts. You feel just like a finger poke, like your back between the shoulder blades. Yes. You turn around and he's standing there sort of looking at you curiously. Need help? Trying to check if our goats got on the train. I'm not sure which car. Goats? Very large goat. He nods. Takes a few steps back, runs and leaps over the gap in the train, uh, in between the train cars. Just down low as he runs closer to the front of the train car in front of you. And crouches down, holds on, and like leans over the edge of the the roof of the train. Very far over the edge of the train. <laughs> he takes off his hat with one hand and holds on to the wood with the other. You hear like a clattering as a window opens. Uh, his tail swishes back and forth. And then very deftly, he sort of pulls himself back up, puts the hat back on. There's goats. Sort of very large goat, like incredibly large. You've never seen a goat this large. Perhaps, <laughs> maybe you have. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's good to know. Thank you. Nice. Thank God. <laughs> Rachel, good night. I think we're gonna go to sleep now. Are you gonna be here tomorrow? Yeah. Right. I'll see you then. And then Kim climbs back down, gets in the box for it. Virgil is like a little, like nervously, yeah. like waiting for you to talk. They're both there. Both of them? Well, yours is at least. I, I didn't lay eyes. But I doubt there's another very large goat. I doubt it too. Thank you. There's that discomforting. If my goat didn't make it, I'm sure that she'd have a very nice life. Ninosh. It does seem the place to be if you are livestock. <laughs> yeah, I think they treat their animals pretty nice over there. Thank you, Kian. Of course. I can take first watch. Are we doing watches? It will make me feel more comfortable. Alright, I'll, I'll take a watch. After. Well, if we're going to insist on doing watches, then I'll go ahead and take the final watch. It's not as though we're going to sleep all that well anyway. It is a moving boxcar and we have not but wooden boxes, so... You wouldn't be surprised how easy it is to sleep on a train. It's like a little baby cradle that you rock back and forth. For adults. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I will say from experience sleeping on a train, not my experience. <laughs> it's such a hard time going to bed. I can, I can attest the first class accommodations. Yes, certainly like that, but it, we may get thrown around a bit back here. We do have these lovely woolen coats, though. Henry gestures to himself already in bed. Well, I think I'll be quite right. All right with what I've got here. What does Henry have here? Henry like a sleeping bag. <laughs> has like put two box like crates down and then put his like sleeping stuff up on top of the crates. <laughs> so he's like elevated. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. While this conversation has been going on, Ox has been tinkering with his gun and not paying that much attention. Kim's yeah. laying down, going to bed. Virgil will like sit up and just work in his journal for a while. And Ox is the only other one up. Mm-hmm. You just kind of see him like at some point kind of take off his earring and just kind of roll it in his hand. It's almost like, I don't know, it seems like a habit that he's had. Do we have any like light in here? He would have made another right before, but it would only last for an hour. Mm-hmm. That's fine. He'll use the light of that while it lasts, and then when it is gone, just kind of settle back in a coat that is probably two sizes too big for him. Ox kind of stops what he's doing. He's been, he was tinkering and then just kind of fiddling around with the stuff in his bag. Um, but he looks up at you and he pauses. Virgil, did you, uh, what do you got there? It is an earring. He kind of, he approaches. <laughs> he puts it back on. <laughs> Ox just kind of like watches as you put it back on. Do you, uh, do you know your ass well a little bit when you hold that? They what? While you were holding your earring, they kind of glowed a little bit in the dark. <laughs> he takes it off again and just holds it and like looks into it. Can he see his reflection mm-hmm. in the gem? No, but you do notice that you can see better. That is unusual. Are they glowing now? Yeah, it kind of looks like, I mean, we've sort of talked about it. Now that you're getting a better look, creatures with dark vision have like a sort of glow to their eyes in the night. It resembles that. It's a, kind of looks like you have dark vision. (laughs) That is ridiculous. How well can you see right now? I suppose I can see better than I should be able to. Strange. What is that earring to you? I'm looking after it for a friend of mine. It was given to me some years back. They uh, mentioned if it had any magical properties? None outside of sentiment. He reaches for the hilt of his sword and like unsheaths it just a few inches and just kind of sits 
quietly and kind of sinks into a little bit of like a meditative position. And then he opens his eyes after a while and tries to focus the light on the sword. Mm-hmm. Well, it was done. Sixteen? Uh, as Virgil opens his eyes, uh, you see they have sort of a, like a golden light to them now. His hair is moving slightly as if there's a breeze. And Virgil, you see the sword is glowing slightly, the golden light. Same color as the light around his eyes. He sort of holds his breath, closes his fingers around the earring. Didn't know I could still do that. Is that your magic? Yes, I... I used to be able to produce more than just ice. This one is particularly useful against certain fake creatures. He, like, sheaths the sword and, like, lets go. It has been some time since I was able to summon it. Thank you for telling me about my eyes. I might not have known. Well, I could help. I tried to use it during the Perivine encounter. When Keen went down, couldn't find it. It's funny, it came almost easy just now. You think your earring helps amplify it, maybe? I don't know. I'll have to test it. I wouldn't be surprised. He kind of sits back again and like draws the sword fully and puts it across his lap holds it and just sits and meditates again for a while and just tries to focus on it again. Are you trying to activate it again? Yeah. Yeah. Are your eyes still closed? Yeah. You can't really tell. I think he's content to just sit there and take peeks every now and again, but mostly just sit with his eyes closed and listen. Ox uh, sits up in his bed for a little while watching and he's got both the rocks that he keeps in his front pockets in both of his hands and he's rotating them both (laughs) at the same time. Does Ox start glowing? (laughs) 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 The magic is in the rocks, baby! (laughs) These are the ones you keep with you? Yeah. Well, you can see in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't expect anything to happen. Maybe, this is just what he's doing. Maybe it's been the rocks this whole time. Where's <gasps> <laughs> the rocks all along, you guys? Yeah. Ox yeah. comes to that realization as he rotates the rocks in his hands. <laughs> Looks out at everybody else, too. What's Delilah doing? She's at, like, the base of Henry's crates that he's got set up. And she's asleep. She's a pretty light sleeper, though. Warning. <laughs> I mean, Ox, Ox knows this. Yes. Yeah. Do not fuck around. Out. Marigold's probably hopping around. Hopping around. If Ox holds out a little, a little finger to her, will she come? Will she come close? Mm, I guess that's Pen's choice. <laughs> she eagerly hops over. Ox gives her little scritches. She sort of settles down. It looks like she gets three times fatter as she, like, 
her her head kind of pulls back into her body a little bit as as she enjoys the scratches. Her feathers poof out. Excellent. Eventually, he stops doing the scratches, and he keeps he like moves all of his bags into one corner essentially, and that's where his like little nest is. <laughs> Next and he's just like trying to get like as comfortable as possible, but he falls asleep faster than he has nice. before <laughs> that you've seen. Once Ox falls asleep, Virgil will like put his sword away and actually just sit up and keep a proper watch. You wake up, Kian, and go to sleep. Yeah. Did you make a little nest? <laughs> Yeah, he would have curled up in like a corner of the box fort, like wrapping a big coat around himself. He sleeps in a little ball. Yeah, flipping a little ball. And as you fall asleep, maybe like right after you could call yourself awake, but before you're properly unconscious, you hear distant. He's fall asleep. Oh. Kian. It's quiet in the train car. Everyone's sleeping around you. We have some marigolds and pets. Just gonna sit and watch his listens. Wakes up Henry. Do you have any plans for your watch, Henry? Not for the watch. Okay. I think as Kian wakes him up, he kind of sighs. Just... Look, I'm sorry about charming you earlier. Seemed like the safest option. Didn't mean it was right. So can I take this as an assurance you're not going to do it again? As long as we're not putting anyone in danger. I'm really looking out for the whole group here. Well, I often find I can look after myself just fine. But I appreciate the sentiment, Kian. I do try my best not to die. I have a great track record so far. Just really seemed like you weren't going to listen to us if we told you not to try going on the normal way. I just don't trust that everything would have gone according to your plan. Right. Well, we'll work on it, Kian. All right, you sleep well. I'll see you in the morning. Right. Kian, you head off to sleep? Mm-hmm. You had some plans in your dreams? Yeah, he calls out to Aelin. You open your eyes. It looks like you're in the train cart, but it's uh, empty with other people. Just boxes and you, and a very faint hint of moonlight that shines in through the thin window that runs along the side of this car. And as you have seen many times before, the moonlight switch warps and changes shape until what looks a little bit like you, sitting in front of you, cross-legged, on a coat box. Did you get a chance to check in on Mokwin? Aelin looks back out the window behind them, and then back at you. They smile for a moment, and then the smile kind of vanishes. I tried. Sorry. How close did you get? Not very. It's not 
easy for me to, you know, appear, especially where there's not really any light, you know? It's okay. It's probably for the best. I have an idea of where he might be, so I'll figure it out. I'm sorry, Kian. Don't worry. It's not really... I'll figure it out. He thinks it's on me now. It looks like they're about to add something and then they... their mouth just kind of closes and they nod. Actually, let's go back. Are you gonna say something? <laughs> their mouth opens again <laughs> and then closes and then opens one more time. I was just gonna say I'm not gonna help you. What exactly? In general? No, no, no. They hop off the box and sort of wave their hands in front of them. I mean, there's a reason why I didn't say it. I know it doesn't really sound very nice, but I'm not interested in helping you find him. I don't need you to be mad for me. But you're my friend, so I'm gonna be mad for you. He's saying it's... I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna figure something out. Or I won't, but I'd rather he didn't have a celestial looking down on him. He's not gonna hurt him or anything like that. I'm just... Can you not mess with him anymore? I don't plan to. Alright. Just leave him alone. That's sort of what I was hoping would happen, actually. And we're on the same page. Sure. He kind of nods. <laughs> looks unsure of what to say next. He looks at his hands. What is the phase of the moon right now? It's waxing past half. Okay. Which moon does that refer to? Denara. Well, looks like you might have a bit of time. I, I want to bring it up to everybody else, but... Not too uncomfortable about it. You can see Aelin's getting like, more and more excited as you slowly... <laughs> I could see if these people I'm traveling with want to meet you. I'd like to meet them. You know that? I know. I just don't get too excited. I think it's... It's a bit reasonable to maybe not want to have a celestial's eyes on you. Is it? Aren't we supposed to be good? Of course, I just... I think maybe people are uncomfortable. Oh, behave? I... what? Why? I can... Do I look too much like you or something? <laughs> I just... I think it just feels like it's coming off a little bit strong. I'll be normal. I'll look normal. What do you think normal looks like? They... Their eyes narrow as they stare at you for a second. And then... You see a few other sort of features just flicker across their face. Um, some people you recognize, some you don't. And then they stop again, looking very much like you. But in the past, more like golden blonde hair uh, with the sort of halo of streak of white through it. That's your best normal? It's fine. I just want to bring it up. Before we go appearing, 
I'll try to call you. Alright. We'll see you soon then. Yeah. They pull you in for a hug. Hug you very tightly. Heads back. And then you just sort of fall back to darkness to sleep. Wake up in the morning? Wake up in the morning. Feeling like P. Diddy. Thank you. Thanks, Kasha. Virgil, you can still hear that faint sound echoing in your memory as you wake up. Um, Ox and Henry are both already awake. Now that the two of you are awake, and Ox is as well. Well, you see, I was thinking of taking a quick peek inside the next train car, the, the other cargo box car. Not the one with the livestock, necessarily, but I was telling Virgil yesterday while you were on the roof, it's very unpleasant to have so much jam without any bread. And given that I didn't purchase anything for this particular type of excursion, I figured I'd go and take a look around. One of you is welcome to come with me. I didn't think we'd need a whole entourage. We could probably ask your friend upstairs. He's been on here for a while. They have. I'm assuming they're getting food somewhere. No, I'd really rather go take a look myself. There are so many people. I mean, if he's comfortable traveling all day and night on are top of a train on car. Going past the cargo cars, Ernie. I don't think he would have invited one of us to go with him if that was his intention. Thank you, Virgil. Really, the audacity to assume that I would go beyond the boxcar when you so graciously dragged me here and ruin everything that we've worked so hard to set up. Don't be ridiculous, Kian. I just want to go and see if there are more provisions outside of... He points to one of the boxes. Jam. Very good jam, but it is just jam. And again, forgive me, but I don't know your friend on top of the car very well, but if he is comfortable up there, I don't necessarily trust his judgment in foodstuffs. I'm rather picky, you know. Alex tell them I'm very picky. Don't have to convince me on that one. I need to know, was the look you were giving May also the look that Ox was giving Kian? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Ox is just... Ox is a little annoyed right now. Yeah. <laughs> he knew this was coming. Not for a lack of trust, but so come along. I've got a bag of holding. Could hold a lot of provisions. Correct. Well, all right, then Kian and I will go and check out the box car next. Then if you'll be so kind as to follow me, Kian. All right. And... <laughs> Henry will head back to the door between the train cars. And what's the situation like between cars? Do they have like the little porthole on them or? No, I mean, there are, there wouldn't be a porthole, like a window. There are doors. I mean, there's the coupling. There's some space between, but yeah, there's a door. Slide the door open then. It is locked. Yeah. Are you proficient with- I am. So it's your proficiency bonus plus dexterity. Okay. But I'm gonna have you roll a disadvantage because you're leaning over from one moving train car to another moving train car. You rolled two 18s. 21. Yeah, that'll do it. It's a little bit, it's a little bit precarious. Like your legs are like stretched across the the gap between the train cars um, as you fiddle with it. But eventually you hear the little clink of the latch giving. Well, there would be, like, a little place to stand. There are, like, tiny platforms in between the two of them. They usually have, like, a ladder towards the ground. This is... No, it doesn't make sense if you want it to be easy, but they don't want it to be easy. Uh, It's not supposed to be something that is done often, um, only in, like, case of emergency. 
there's a lot of like security precaution and fear around transportation through trains right now. So there are a lot of a lot of things that make them difficult to navigate. Right? After you. He opens the door. Then Henry will be the first through the door. It looks much like the the car you were in previously. Lots of boxes. Um, you see a few more from Mill Coat Company. Uh, you see there are boxes of uh, yarn and some just like unwoven sheep's wool. What about just a box of rations, you know? You don't find any bread. However, you do find some boxes of Tasha's jerky. You open that up to find just like various packages of, of different dried meats. That's the only other food stuff you find. Kim starts putting a bunch of the jerky into his bag of holding. Are they like nailed shut or is there a latch? There's a latch. Okay. He takes, it's like not he skims like jerky. the first layer off of each box. Okay. And just like tries to make it look like somebody hasn't really been going through it. He yeah. tries to make it all even and just takes as much as he can. Okay. While still leaving a good potion. While Kian is <laughs> trying to make his jerky stealing adventures as discreet as possible, Henry has looked at like five boxes and walked to the other side of the car to unlatch the door. And Daddy, can I make the jump between this <laughs> train car and the ladder handles on the other train car? Yeah, you can make the jump. All right, so this one would be the livestock car, correct? Yes, you are clinging onto the ladder. Head to the roof of the train. <laughs> Kian kind of watches with a raised eyebrow and opens the door, follows, like, like stands, and just, like, watches him. Delilah is sitting in front of him. She did not follow Henry. She can't yeah. hold ladders. <laughs> Indeed. What are you doing up there? Oh. He just walks off. <laughs> After. <laughs> <laughs> Go after? Yeah. I'm heading towards the front of the train. <laughs> of course you are. You okay. it. Yeah. Yeah, you have to sort of take a running start to leap over the gaps between train cars, but yeah, by rooftop, you make your way to the front yeah. of the train. What's the locomotive situation like? So the trains actually do have coal boxes. They're powered both magically and mechanically, depending on which power source is most convenient uh, at the time. Are you trying to go to where the conductor would be? How? What's your speed? I assume the same as Kian's 30. 35. So Kian catches up, put a hand on his shoulder before. What exactly are you trying to do right now? Immediately, he, like, clamps his one hand over, like, Kian's mouth and brings him down into, like, a crouch at the edge of the car over the coal box. Mm. And, you know, as much as you can whisper over the sound of wind on a train, I'm going to need you to be very quiet now, Kian. We're rather near the opening part, and I'd rather not be detected by anything. What I'm looking for is a way into the train. I'm sure you figured that out by now. Don't worry about it. But we are very close to the conductor, so if you could be... And the engineer. Most importantly, the engineer. So if you could be rather quiet. I need to assess the situation before we move forward. Also, if you're not prone to coal dust and washing 
it out of fabrics. Well, perhaps it's best you don't follow me. You can go back. Keep the lilac company, you know? Yeah, I'll follow. And he snaps his fingers in front of his face and just whispers a little something a little bit like inaudible. You can't tell. His appearance changes and he just looks like like an elf. Features are fairly similar to his, but just just more like nondescript clothing. Shouldn't be able to recognize me. Fancy trick you've got there. Can't do it for you. That's alright, I don't need it. If they're on the edge of the last car, looking down towards the open area for the coal box. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I'm assuming it's the locomotive. Yes. Is there anyone there? Anybody hanging around? Yes. <laughs> I hope so. Who's driving this train? You can see um, that. I mean, you can't see them very well from from here, but through through one of the smaller windows in the back, you can see like so, someone's sort of moving around in the locomotive itself. My my end goal yes. is to go inside the car directly behind the locomotive. It is built on the outside pretty similarly to the ones in the back, except with proper windows, but it has the same door. How much could I pay you to pick a lock? I'm really not sure if you want to do this. No, I'm very sure I want to do this, actually. There are going to be stops, you know. I don't want to wait that long. I really don't want to just eat jam and jerky. Your parents are going to figure it out. Maybe by the time we stop, it'll all be fixed. How much money do you have on you? Well, you did say that there was that fee that we have to pay once we get all the way to somewhere. So I suppose I only have six gold right now, unfortunately, because we had to buy that health potion. So, in essence, since I gave you 20 gold to purchase that, I've already given you 20 in advance. The six is really more of a tip. Are you trying to persuade him? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nat one. Look, I understand that you want to get up there. I think you might mess things up for all of us if you do. What's waiting a few days gonna harm anything? Besides your ego. I mean, if this is going to be a problem, I suppose I could go and have a chat with the engineer myself and we can see exactly where that goes. It's not your exact plan if I open this door right now. No, it's an entirely different plan. Because then I'm hoping to speak with the Ticketmaster or Conductor. Don't worry, I was reviewing a pocketbook of railroading standards and safety procedures last night. I have an entire plan in place. It's foolproof. How long have they been gone? (laughs) A while. (laughs) Okay. You had noticed Ox had been tapping his foot for a while initially during the conversation of Henry wanting to go exploring in the train for bread. At some point in the conversation, Ox stopped tapping his foot and uh, waited for everybody to leave. As soon as they left, he went back over to the crate with the boxes of cigars and took out six boxes and just brings them back into our fort palace and actually kind of like stacks them near Kian's stuff. It seems an awful lot for one person. For one person, yeah, but 
bet these will make good bribes instead of cash. In somewhere? You're not wrong. You seemed agitated when they were talking earlier. Are you concerned? I guess I'm worried Henry might pull something stupid. <laughs> you seem awfully familiar with these schemes. Well, Henry's kind of entitled. I had noticed that, yes. And uh, he definitely feels entitled here on the train. Certainly. I'm worried they might go to the front. Yeah, I'm gonna go over and like try the door, see for ourselves. Not open it. They are not in there. I open the door and there's a dog. (laughs) (laughs) She's just sitting by the door on the other side. Right. Uh, How comfortable are you on the roof of a train? Pretty comfortable. All right. I clamber up. (laughs) Do we see these idiots at the front of the train just like kneeling down? It's a seven car train. It's like you can't Mm. see them, but they do look kind of far away. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, you can see them in the distance or two figures who look very much like them. Well, that is certainly not the cargo car. Ox looks back. Is Low out here too? No. Ox is going to start walking (laughs) towards these stupid boys. I think after this can be when you guys appear. Ten seconds, just like shaking his head, he and kind of like sighs. If you let me, when we get back to our car. That device that Mela gave you, can I play around with it? If you pick the lock of this door below me, yes. Plus the six gold. Sure, plus the six gold, why not? Right, I'm not helping you anymore. And he jumps down. I'll pick the lock. Alright, sure, you guys walk up as as Kian hops down between the train cars and picks the lock. Roll. That's uh, six. You can't quite get this one. You're worried if you work at it harder, it will snap. Yeah. Picks it up. Crawls back up. Doesn't always work. That's very convenient, isn't it? Well. I think so, yes. Oh, good afternoon, Virgil. (laughs) Good afternoon, good love. What exactly are you doing up here? Not listening to me. Well, that I can see. Listening. You're the one who's not listening to me. Suddenly can't pick a lock. Well, I suppose it's a well enough time you can assist Kian in returning to our car. Not without you. No, I'll be quite alright. I'm just <laughs> like go towards the edge to try to swing from that car to the coal car. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> to swing? Okay. I mean it's lower. Yeah, I assume it's like half. Yeah, you height. can you can do that. God, what a lucky bastard. You land in the comforting embrace of a bunch of coal. He kind of like crosses his arms and promised I wouldn't charm him again, so. <laughs> it's not my business. You know, normally if it was just him being affected, I'd let this happen, but it's not, so I'm gonna go after the boy. <laughs> okay, you do. Yeah, it's, it's not hard to jump onto the coal. It is hard to walk over the coal box just because it's kind mm-hmm. of slippery. Um, what exactly is our plan here? Real quick. I would love to know. <laughs> I would love to know what's about to happen. You are going to 
use nice honeyed words and work your way onto the passenger car to have, what, high-class meals and a comfortable bed? Oh, also, Kian does not look like himself. But looks vaguely Kian. I know. You did, yeah. say, you did say it yeah. Looks, yeah. looks kind of like Kian. Yeah. I'm going to try my very best at what I was originally going to try in the first place before you charmed me. So your attempt here is to instead charm the engineer who you have snubbed quite um, effectively in the past? No, I'm not going to charm anyone I don't know a charm spell. I'm sure Keen could help you along if you wanted to. Look, you have to understand I have every right to be here, so it's not like I'm breaking any sort of rules or anything. I do not have every right to be sewed away inside of a boxcar, so I'd rather not be found there. But, if I can just make things all look like a misunderstanding, don't worry about it. If well. you were thrown bodily off this moving train, I'm never getting paid. What? And I'm not 100% certain you will not be. I won't be thrown bodily off of a moving train. I was just telling Kian that it's actually a lot harder to get thrown off of a moving train than you might expect. Not if one has the proper arm strength, good love. Kian is looking at Ox, like... And you have like, 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 what What did we do? <laughs> Ox... Like, Looks exasperated. Yeah. I am only saying from the way you have talked up your ex, I believe she is capable of this. Look, so you'll see Henry gradually backing away from Virgil as he talks to him uh -huh. towards the door. Where do you think you're going? Just to make myself known and not sneaking around like a rat. But don't worry about it, Virgil. Just going to say that between the two of us, my ex could throw both of us off this train. But I don't think she will. And I'll tap on the window. Oh. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I'm gonna wring your bourgeoisie neck. <laughs> Please do. Uh, tap on the window, and you look inside to see a familiar face turn around and look back at you. And she just stares for a moment. <laughs> Shakes her head. She starts to smile, but it does not reach her eyes. And she walks over to the door, opens it, and you see Maggie there in front of you, towering over you. <laughs> There's some coal smudged on her face. Tell us about her biceps. She's got some big, powerful biceps. I mean, she looks how, how you remembered her mostly. Um, She's wearing like, nice clothes that are quite dirtied. Black shirt, dark blue pants. Her hair is tied back. She looks down at you. For a second, he seems visibly very nervous, takes a deep breath and gives the best customer service smile. <laughs> They're going to die. Good morning, madam. My name is Solus. I've come here with a surprise railroad inspection for your cars. I was just taking a ride jaunt atop the train to see how the couplings between them, and I regret to inform you that the handrails, the handles on the releases, do not happen to meet us the standards for the Good Love and Good Love Company. They are two inches too small for the clearance. How could someone with large hands ever get into there to release the couplings in case one of the cars were to catch fire or some other sort of safety measure would come into, into play, you know? And of course, I didn't mean to come up here to trouble you, but with all of the doors being locked, well, 
it's been making these sort of safety inspections on the surprise side so much more difficult, if you understand. Virgil, you watch as the just disbelief <laughs> sort of takes over her, her threatening smile. The train's well run. We've had all the checkups we're required to have. And I'm fairly certain I would have been told that we had someone inspecting. I'm also fairly certain they wouldn't be doing it while we were moving. Well, it wouldn't be very much of a surprise inspection if we told you about it in advance. Because then you could have time to fix all of the errors for just a brief period while we do our inspection and then be on your way. No, no, we like to catch people off guard to really ensure things are running smoothly at all times during the journey. Not just at the stations. That's a good love guarantee. Have you make a persuasion roll once upon a time? I don't know how to do that. Eight. <laughs> Eight. Oh. She folds her arms over her chest, looks past you to Virgil. I will just say, like, as soon as Henry knocked on the window, like, would have pulled okay. Ox down so they're both laying. It's oh like, my god! Oh, yeah. right, Wait, is Keen's hand still on Ox? Probably. <laughs> That's all I wanted to know. She looks over at you, Virgil. And you are... I am only a hired hand, I'm not really bad to think. Right. At our next stop, turns back to look at you. I'm going to have you get off this train. And you will not be allowed back on. No, no, I think that's where you're wrong, actually. I think I'll be let back on just fine. I'm afraid you don't have the authority to make that decision. No. I very much do. You'll have to forgive me for the sort of rigmarole. Magdala, darling. I didn't want to have to lie to you, but... <laughs> my name isn't Selbert. I am not inspecting with the railroad company. And Tangent own the railroad company. My name is Tempest Goodlove. Henry these days. And... You see, there's been... The door closes in your face. God damn it. <laughs> Well, that went better than expected, but worse somehow as well. You are still on the train, shockingly. And so are you. For now. But I mean, well, okay. I guess from that. The door opens and there's a crossbow pointed directly at your face. <laughs> right. I'll just excuse myself. She looks over at you and just sort of nods. <laughs> <laughs> See ya, buddy! <laughs> I don't think it would be very good on your resume if you were to kill me. I don't give a shit. Get off my train. Maybe it wasn't that bad. She just stares at you, pokes you in the chest with the crossbow. I think perhaps, you know, um, taking responsibility or blame for our wrongdoing is step one. But I'm not an expert. I thought you weren't paid to think. That was a terrible lie. I'm not being paid. Makes sense. We just got pregnant last night. I have no idea what you're talking about, but he's talking about I always pay people. I pay people that aren't off. I can't really get off right now. The train is moving, but if you'd be so kind as to stop the train, I would be more than happy to get off this train. You can get off. I cannot get off. I hate to die. Could we start with an apology, maybe? <laughs> you know, Virgil's got a great point right there. I was talking to you. I'm sorry you're so upset. 
No, try again. Using I statements? I did. I said I started with I. And what did you do wrong? Um, Should I explain myself or do you want to put it in your words? Fails. Okay, just calm emotions. Okay. You see, just for a moment, there's just like a hint of like a soft gold glow in her eyes, and the crossbow lowers. She holds it at her side. Just looks over at you, Virgil. Just some personal drama. While she speaks, Henry's looking at the floor. <laughs> that is as far as I understood things. Would you like to apologize for anything, Henry? I mean, I guess now that the crossbow is lowered, I can... I didn't... I really didn't think it would be such a big deal. You know, just leaving like that, you know. I thought that if we... I didn't have a lot of options at the time, you know. It was either we go through with things and and I have to divorce you, or we just don't have the wedding. It just so happens that I had terrible timing, and it was day of, which really, I probably should have given more notice. You know, if I'm being frank, it just didn't, you have to understand, everything was so fast for me, and then, I just, there's so much to explain, and, and really it isn't, it isn't the best setting for it. We can go inside of a dining car and have a nice chat over drinks and tea. I think here works. Uh, I'm just, well, I'm sorry I left you standing at the altar. Maggie. You've seen the, the remnants of the spell, the sort of gold of Keen's magic, near the end of your apology has actually disappeared from her eyes. You have your old persuasion check. That's a nat one. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) The crossbow she had just like lowered. She sighs heavily, puts it down, just leans it against the the wall and steps aside, motions like with her hand for you to enter the car properly. Will you let my friends in too? Excuse me? And like picks his head up and it's like yeah. no. <laughs> but too late. She she looks up as they as they poke their, their heads up. Sure. I do appreciate it. Yeah, they'll uh, climb down and go inside as well. You notice that Ox had been leaning into your touch key and <laughs> It's pretty crowded in here with all of you. She closes the door behind. None of you have tickets, do you? Technically, we do. We just never got punched on account of this. One of them smuggled me on board a boxcar against my will. Henry pulls his ticket out. No, I know. I told them not to let you on. Yes, that's why they smuggled me on board a boxcar. Yeah, I, I sort of got to that conclusion. <sighs> Look, I really didn't mean for things to be this uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. on board the moving train. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't been smuggled on board the box, I was hoping we could have this conversation before we left the station. But, again, it wasn't really my choice. 
Right. There's like a stool just sort of shoved in one of the corners. She sits down. You're heading somewhere? Yes, I live there these days. I'll take you there. You're staying in the cargo cart. But in the cargo car, not even coach. <laughs> she is just absolutely like stony faced, shakes her head. I could apologize for something else. The cargo car is plenty comfortable, thank you. I'm not going to throw you off the train. I'm not going to shoot you. I'm going to take you to somewhere. All right, then. Henry's been just kind of wringing his hands the whole time. Yo. Yeah, I think Kian's kind of in the back, looking a little bit nervous. I suppose I appreciate it, then. All things considered. But I was genuine when I apologized. I really didn't mean for the fallout to be so large. Everything. It was just not a good time for me. And I didn't realize it for a while. That I maybe didn't know myself now, then, as well as I do now. I think I, at least I'd like to think I have things better figured out now. But hindsight is twenty twenty, as they say, so. She sort of smiles again. I don't really care. And looks at the rest of you. Go on before I change my mind. Yup, no hesitation, I'm going. Yes, ma'am. Yep. (laughs) Henry lingers for like a beat, but does follow behind everyone else. You hear the door just slam behind you. As they stand outside, Ox looks over to Henry and says, you, uh, you didn't ask about any bread, did you? I did not. I thought it might be pushing it. But we should probably get back to the boxcar instead of standing here, right? Boxcar doesn't sound too bad right now, does it? My guy, you are so lucky you got that <laughs> <laughs> You know, I told you I wouldn't get thrown off the train. Now imagine if we had had that conversation before I was smuggled on board a boxcar, we could be in first class right now. I don't think if you'd had this conversation before we left, she would be any less inclined to stick you anywhere but with the livestock. I think as they get more settled, Keen does go up to Henry. I really did try to open that lock for you. It just didn't work. I know. We also did pass calm emotions on her. Ah. I'm glad it ended how it ended, but can you just admit that perhaps we were right in this situation? Maybe it's best to move quietly in the back. Well, I think you were maybe partially right. She's mad. She was going to shoot you. I've been shot before. It's not the worst that could happen. You're about three feet apart. It's kind of hard to miss. Well, like I said, I've been shot before. It's it's fine, you know, getting shot a second time. But yes, I will stay on the boxcar for you. And you are... He goes and fishes through his things and pulls out the fate of ice. You may have this one. I'll keep the gold. I mean, if you find anything useful for it, I was planning to uh, pawn it off. So 
Alright, that was an eventful day. I'm gonna take a little rest. Eat some jerky. I hope it's good jerky. He like rolls his eyes and just stuffs like a package towards Henry. Walks out of the boxport. You hear a little knock at the door. The one facing the front of the train. Mm. And it slides open. You see a young, looks like probably a human, sort of frazzled red hair. They also have coal smudges on, on some of their clothes. They're holding a large jug of water in one hand. And you see sort of behind them in the open uh, train car, a large sack. You see a baguette sticking out of the top of it. <laughs> they lean in a little closer to sort of yell over the wind of the train as they're still doing what you guys had to do and sort of awkwardly with their legs connected between the two cars. I'm supposed to bring you things? Are you the stowaways? I guess that would be us. They, he still looks they sort of in jump, his disguise. Jump back um, pretty skillfully, smoothly, um, grab the, the food and jump into the, the train car with you. Just set it down. Do the same thing with the jug of water. They look up at you wide-eyed. This is... They're maybe... They're, they're young. They look sort of like apprentice age. Mm. Thank you for that. How do you convince her to let you stay on? Just charismatic people. <laughs> they nod and then <laughs> scuttle off. Kian, like, pushes the bag of food and water into the fort goes out the back door. Okay. Henry's been sitting in the corner of the boxcar on one of the boxes that he used for his bed with like his knees up below <laughs> his chin and then his tail like curled around his ankles. <laughs> but he does look up when the food comes and smiles a little bit. It's not as wide as his normal smile, but it's a little smile. <laughs> well, I told you I could get us better accommodations than just a regular boxcar. I think you just managed to pull a half-decent apology out of your ass. It was a genuine apology. I'm capable of a genuine apology, my goodness. It was well-spoken, but it was quite an affront. I'm not going to judge you for your reasoning there, but... I'm a little shocked you were so confident you could get away so easily. Well, I was sorting her, hoping she would buy the first lie that I told her. We haven't seen each other in seven years, and I look quite different from then. You must understand, neither of my parents are a golden yellow tiefling. One is green and the other one is purple. I used to be green. I'm not green anymore. And I was hoping that would serve enough as a disguise to make it so you couldn't identify me. I think she might have recognized parts of my face. Or perhaps the horns. You know, I don't really know a lot of tieflings that have horns like this. Or your speaking patterns, perhaps? No, I'm sure there are other people that speak like this. That'd be ridiculous. I mean, especially if you're traveling between dawning and somewhere all the time. Right. Ridiculous. He just, like, settles down into the corner of the box board and watches Henry. Ox, uh, settles down with some jerky. He opens the packet, but before he starts eating... He looks over to Henry. You, uh, left her at the altar? Yes. I did. The way you talked about her earlier kind of 
sounded like you might still have feelings for her. It's very complicated. You know. I mean, it's not like I didn't like her. We were childhood friends, you know. But I don't, I don't know. I, I thought it was just kind of more of a casual fling. She's the one who proposed. The wedding planning. I wasn't really involved that heavily in the process. I mean, it was important. It's a status thing to be to be married to me. I'm sure you can understand. And the thing is, for all the wedding details and the fancy whatnot, I I wasn't super involved until you no, know, they put you one day in a suit and she's wearing a dress, and you're supposed to go down and 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 kiss her and become betrothed betrothed forever and it just i'd like i said it, it would be much more difficult if we had to divorce and then that becomes a whole public affair uh, but then it only looks bad on me if i'm the one that runs away from my own wedding and it doesn't ruin her reputation or at least i was hoping it wouldn't ruin her reputation i don't think it's ruined her reputation she's an engineer I, my my parents gave her that job but it's important to note that I was the only one with a ruined reputation in... Really, I don't know why she's so mad. I mean, I understand why she's mad, but not why she's so mad. It, it's, it's... But yes, I did leave her standing at the altar in front of all our guests in her dress, which is very unfortunate. Ox takes a bite of jerky. <laughs> Kian, what are you doing? Kian opens the door. He goes and sits. He kind of like sits. Is it a squeeze to sit down right there? Yes. At the end. And like leans against the back of the car. And he holds the device. And he whispers words, counts them out. Whispers again, counts them out. And he tries to use it. I didn't know. I won't let you get stuck there. Two weeks. I'll get you out of prison or jail. Please let me know your... Please answer. It cuts out. The device glows slightly. The light that you can recognize is Mela's magic. As you speak into it, the light starts to fade. Before it does completely, it comes back. And you just hear... It sounds like a humming. Just a few notes. And then it fades away. He puts it in his bag, opens the door, goes back in. You see Ox tearing in some jerky and Henry looking a bit mm, ashamed, yeah. chagrined. <laughs> yeah, that proves, sums it up pretty well. He's still in his curled up state with jerky though. He grabs a piece of bread, grabs a jar of jam, looks around, starts eating. The caboose is free, so Virgil gets up and is like, oh, takes a break from all of this and heads out onto the little like railing that's out there. He just Everyone needs to look out on the landscape. Yeah. He stands there, watches the tracks kind of disappear behind us. You're in like a sparse wood now. It's mostly pine. It's sort of a dry, dry forest. He sits there for a few minutes and then he takes off his earring and kind of like rolls it between his hands. He looks out into the woods. The wind quickly 
takes the sound away from even your ears. He just stands there a while. Does Virgil come back? Yeah, maybe after a good 15 mm-hmm. minutes, go back and plop down in his corner and pull out his journal and just kind of flip through it. Alex. He'll pull out another cigar and go outside. Before he leaves, he's kind of, if he's getting up, like puts out a hand real quick. This might be a little, it's a little weird. Doesn't have to happen now. Um, so I'm going to be grilled about it tonight if I don't at least ask. Uh, my patron would love to meet all of you. Just to talk. It's just a standard introductory friendly meeting? Just, it's nothing important. It's, I haven't really met many Celestials. I kind of get the vibe that they're not like other Celestials so much. How- I'd like to know who I'm hanging out with. What exactly are they like? Just like speaking to a normal person. To me, at least. So they will not be offended if we also speak to them so casually? I don't know the protocols for talking to a Celestial. I don't think it needs to be any... Just basic politeness. Talk to them like the person you're meeting. Right. How do we address them? Zaylin? That's a good start. That's alright with me. Later this evening? Or it could be tomorrow. If we don't want to have this conversation, I would like to prep them for it because I think they might be a bit disappointed. No, not at all. I, I think it sounds quite lovely to meet your patron. Uh, I guess I'm a little anxious about it, but... Oh, so anxious about everything. I mean, I think it's a bit out of hand to not acknowledge that they are celestial, because that is what they are. But if you can kind of convince yourself that they're not, it's just like talking to a person. Fox, I'm sure if they're anything like Kian, they're going to be lovely. <laughs> Alright, uh, I guess there's no harm in it. I think they're really nice, so they're my friends, and I'd like my friends to meet each other. So tonight then? So tonight. That sounds like a fantastic distraction. The day is rather long in this boxcar, uh, as you all just sort of wait for night to come in this conversation that you're going to have. You hear someone call your name. Kian! Is it in my head? It's Ophelia. I thought you... And that's Moans. Lachlan's not answering. Come quickly. Stay safe. You're alright? You're... with... a good love? Don't bring him? Leah, um... I... You all hear Kian something <laughs> to speak. Probably going to have to bring him. It's a long story. Coming as quickly as I can. Oh, so what was that about? Well, I have a friend staying with Simone. She messaged me. I wasn't quite sure if she would reach out, but she knows more about the person I was talking about. Uh, who's locked up right now. Is everything alright? It seems like it. I'm just gonna meet her there. We learn more. Aside from that, nothing else happens to interrupt your day. And soon enough, I guess not soon enough, 
Because I did say it was a long day. Not soon enough, <laughs> nighttime finally begins to fall. It's another clear night. <sighs> is everybody in the car? Yeah. Yes. Now seems as good of a time as any, if we're okay with it. He like looks directly at Ox, like, smiles reassuringly. Ox nods. Great. I haven't done this in a while, but he holds out his hands, my palms up, and calls for Aelin. As you call out their name, the rest of you see moonlight that you didn't even really notice coming in through the, the thin window. Uh, sort of starts to take form, almost like there's been a puff of smoke through it. It solidifies and takes shape. For a moment, each of you sort of sees yourself before the figure settles to look a lot like another Kian. Is this other Kian like the same? Blonder. Blonder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, everybody, this is Aelin. Hold themselves up very straight. Give you all a wave. They look a little nervous. Aelin, this is Oxalis. Henry. Virgil. You're Kian's friends then? Indeed we are. And Yorkian's one of a patron. <laughs> they look to Yorkian and grin, uh, and the nervousness pretty much immediately disappears. Sure, yes, that's me. Where? What are you all trying to do? Are you helping Kian? I think we are all sort of helping each other. They look at you, Virgil, for a moment, their eyes kind of narrow. And they look back at Kian. Right. Can I insight check that just now? Yeah, sure. What was the vibe? Yeah. Did they check my vibe and find it lacking? Dirty 20. 19? When they looked at you, Virgil, yeah. they looked concerned. As they looked between you and Kian, and back to you. Concerned for Kian? You, could pro you can come to that yeah. conclusion yourself, I think. And you're all trustworthy folk? I would hope so. Well, your last bunch wasn't so much. That's an opinion you're making. I mean, they weren't. They were lying, and they were stealing, and I feel like that's sort of not trustworthy, right? What about the rest of you? Ox kind of sheepishly rubs at the back of the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Keans looks at the floor for a second. If it is any consolation, I don't think any of us have the intention of lying or stealing from Kian. They place their hands on their hips. Look at you, Virgil. Look at <laughs> Henry and Ox. I just want you to know that Kian is very important. And Kian puts his, like, palms on his forehead. <laughs> like, leaning into them. Very important to me, and also just an important person in general. And I'm supposed to be here to help keep him from getting hurt. And Probably a little older than the rest of you, but I'm a bit young for a celestial. They sit down on one of the boxes. And I have not done the best job in the past, I'm afraid. Their color, the color of their skin changes to a sort of dark magenta maroon and back. They look very sad for a moment before they sort of recover. And I don't want to be annoying for Kian. So, 
I'd like to think we can all help protect him together. And I'll be watching over him. But you don't have to be scared or anything like that, just... I hope you'll be good. They look over at Kian. Is this too weird? I'm doing fine. They nod. So please be good. Why? I think we can manage that. And, you know, if I may so reassure you, well, we all think here that Kian is a wonderful person, and I'd hate for any harm to have to come to him. Good. They stand back up, clap their hands. <laughs> well, that can be that then. Sure. Um, um, unless you, you want me to stay? We don't exactly want to kick you out of here. We don't have the finest accommodations, but if you are welcome to Kian, you're welcome with us. I mean, I can stay forever, but I can stay a little longer. How long can you stay in general? Don't do this much. I don't know, we don't do this much. I'll test it out. That's... And he, he like, looks around, actually. First, though, I want to talk to you, Kian, really fast. They look around. Do you want to go outside for a second? All right. They grab your hand <laughs> and take you outside. Uh, <laughs> close the door behind you. I don't think they like me. Kian, one of your friends has something that's nice. What do you mean? The one... There's something... You remember Jubilee? No. Their skin changes again to that same maroon magenta and back. You knew her. Did I? Don't think... What you're saying's not making sense to me right now. You see there's sort of silver tears in their eyes. Don't... You don't recognize my other emissary? It was actually... It's the thing I was gonna ask you about. Isn't... At the forefront of my mind. You've never talked about anything before like that. You see their face sort of close off a bit. They just nod. Well, not gonna let anything happen to you. Just be careful. Around your friend Virgil. Let's go back. And they open the door again. And that is where we'll end tonight's <laughs> session. What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. Thank you for joining us here at Spare the Crying. You can follow our boys a little closer over at Spare the Crying Podcast on TikTok and Instagram, and at Spare the Crying on Twitter. The tunes for our tale were created by Marika Shans and our intro by Ben McElroy. The official art was by our own Corey, who provides the voice of Virgil Flores. We'd love to hear from you all, so if you please, you can leave a rating or review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to our tale. Hope we meet again, underneath my stars or yours. <laughs>